What's up, everybody? Thank you for tuning in to the Tomatolito Show. And first and foremost, happy New Year's Eve. It's been a few days since I've had a chance to talk to you. It's been a few days since I've been posting uh, content. Uh, and obviously with the holidays and uh, some, some minor obstacles have come in the way and so forth. But I, I everything's great. We're finishing out the year. We're a few hours away from bringing in the new year, from welcoming 2021 and putting uh, 2020 behind us. Um, with that said, it couldn't have worked out better. The The way that I had the episodes and, and uh, my my scheduling as far as episodes and what I was planning on putting out, uh, today's episode is, it just worked out perfectly, coincidentally, but perfectly. Because if we're going to talk about 2020 and, and if it's a better moment, there's, I should say there's no better moment than to talk about the fight of the year and the way that everything worked out. This is the episode and I couldn't, I couldn't be happier to, uh, put this one out there for you. Uh, we're, we're a few hours away. Uh, like I said, from hitting midnight as far as uh, mountain time here, uh, uh, mountain standard time in the United States. And uh, and so if you have a few hours to sit back and revisit some of these fights, whether you end up watching the, the fights in its entirety, uh, or if you get to just watch the highlights just to relive those key moments um, uh, from these fights, or if you didn't get to watch the fights, Take a few seconds from the moment that you hear this episode. Take a few seconds, check these fights out, and let's jump right in. Uh, I'm going to take it a step further. There, I'm going to go ahead and cover some of my favorite fights, at least a couple of my favorite fights in the UFC realm, and uh, and also in in Bellator. Uh, I know I've been a big uh, big proponent for Bellator. They seem to be getting their act together here come 2021. Um, a lot of good news coming out on 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 their behalf to close out this year, and um, and so I I got one favorite fight that, uh, throughout the year. I think this fight stood out amongst all the other ones, and uh, so I'll go ahead and um, and start with that one, and we'll close out with boxing. Uh, boxing, of course, hands down. We've heard. Uh, two fights go back and forth. One of them seems to be unanimous on everybody coming out of everybody's mouth. They automatically mention this one fight. Um, there's a second fight that's also getting thrown in there for, for either knockout of the year or fight of the year and knockout of the year contender. Uh, just like the, uh, the, the main one that everybody keeps mentioning. And I'm going to throw a third one at you that I had mentioned in, in prior, ep- in a prior episode. But it doesn't, it doesn't seem like it caught any legs. It doesn't seem like it caught a lot of people's attention. I don't know why. To me, it was, uh, the better of the three matches as far as boxing is concerned. It was better skill, finer skill at that, uh, better boxing through and through. And, um, and it was exciting as well. There were knockdowns in the fight and, and, and it ended up, uh, getting stopped down the, uh, the final stretch of the fight. So, Let's jump right in. As far as Bellator goes to me, hands down, the super fight, what they build as a super fight was Douglas Lima challenging Gegard Mousasi, and they each put their title on the line. Um, Gegard, actually, Gegard puts his title on the line. Douglas Lima's moving up divisions to challenge uh, and, and try to accomplish his version of a, or Bellator's version of a champ champ type thing, right? Uh, that that type of status. Um it, it was billed as a super fight, and it was an awesome, awesome fight. Back and forth, you got skill and technique at its highest level. Uh, Douglas Lima, action-type fighter. Gegard Musasi, just consistent, blue-collar, great ground game, great striking, just continues to put the pressure on you and come forward 
Douglas Lima, a little bit more of a highlight reel. Uh, as far as kicks and punches, angles, uh, he just has you thinking and, and just catches you off guard. If you blink, you may miss something. And the, the fight was just that. It was a back and forth battle between the two. Gegard Musasi defends his throne. Uh, and he ends up, he ends up being victorious, right? It was a super fight. And I'm sure we're going to see these guys down the line, uh, against one another once again. Uh, I have no doubts about that. Uh, so Bellator, that was, that was the best fight of the year to me. Gegard Musasi, Douglas Lima. Uh, on the UFC side, just recently we had Davis and Figueredo and Brandon Moreno. Uh, that was an awesome, awesome fight. Uh, if you didn't get a chance to check that out, check that fight out. That was, uh, the epitome of striking and heart and chin um the dedication that each one of these fighters has towards the sport showed uh the uh the the hard work the years the the grinding uh it showed on this fight just like another ufc favorite of mine ufc fight favorite for 2020 which was Dustin Poirier and Dan Hooker. Seems like that fight got thrown under the rug. A lot of people forgetting about that fight that happened midway through 2020. And, and that's a fight. If, if my memory doesn't fail me, that's a fight in which both of them ended up in the hospital, uh, next to one another. Uh, there were multiple injuries that each one had. They were marked up. It was a bloody fight. Uh, they were just kicking those legs from under one another. It was, it was as gruesome of a fight as I've seen in uh, in recent memory, and of course Dustin Poirier, uh, he's he's just a solid guy. I, I love watching his fights. And Dan Hooker, uh, he trains with Adesanya, uh, trains with Volkanovski. Uh, they're, they're all out of that the same the same gym, um, and it's just top level top level performance. Time in and time out from Dan Hooker. You're bound to not get disappointed on any of his fights, especially the fights that he had with Paul Felder. Those are also classics, right? And so those are my favorites from the, uh, the UFC side. We jump over to boxing. Hands down, everybody's been talking about Jose Cepeda and Ivan Baranchik. A lot of people did not recognize who these names were. A lot of people, uh, thought that these guys were just at the crossroads of their careers or maybe journeymen. Um, in their career because of the notoriety or lack thereof. Neither one of these guys, neither one of those statements is true. Both of these guys are at the peak and at the highest levels uh, as as far as a 140 division is concerned. Jose Zepeda has losses to Terry Flanagan. When he, he, his first shot at a major title was in the lightweight division against Terry Flanagan. He came up short. That was one of his defeats. And then he ended up challenging in the 140 division. He challenged... Um, Ramirez, Jose Carlos Ramirez, he ends up challenging him uh, and comes up short. So a lot of people in that fight, that was for the WBC strap and the the strap that Ramirez still holds. um, That fight itself to me was Cepeda winning. It was such a close fight, back and forth, bloody match. Uh, a lot of people feel like Ramirez pulled it off uh, and, and pulled pulled away towards the end of the fight. It's he lost that fight by way of judges, of course, by way of de- decision. Um, but listen to me, I thought he did enough. Uh, it obviously doesn't matter. The judges ended up awarding it to Ramirez, and to this day, Ramirez is still undefeated and still holds that that strap. Now. You go over to the other side, and Ivan Baranchik, same, not a crossroads fighter, not a journeyman fighter. Uh, Ivan Baranchik actually handed over his first defeat 
and his strap, the IBF strap, to none other than Josh Taylor, who's the other king at 140. So neither one of these guys were journeyman type fighters or people discarding them that because they're not well known that it was just uh an all-out brawl out neither one of these guys that that's neither one of their styles Jose Sapella, if you watch the fight that he had with Ramirez or you watch any of his other fights that's not how he's used to fighting um nonetheless this was one of those uh barn burners as uh, if we could use that expression or kind of like uh like an old school, maybe Corrales Castillo, if I, if I could compare that. Uh, maybe that's a stretch comparing this one to Corrales Castillo, but that was more of a phone booth style fight, the, that classic matchup between the two. But this was just a back and forth, heavy punches through and through. Uh, technique kind of flew out the, the window a little bit, and it was just about hurting one another. Every punch had bad intentions and they were dropping one another. So, Baranchik gets a second defeat. Of course, his first defeat came at the hands of Josh Taylor, where he loses his IBF strap, uh, and now he loses to Jose Zepeda. So both of these guys are going to be... What, what was the exciting thing about this? Here, I'm, my my brain's just flowing, right? Both of these guys are going to be lined up for a title shot. That's what I was going to finish, and I, I didn't finish that line. Now, both of them, or the winner of this fight, was going to be lined up for a title shot. Ivan Baranchik is not that far behind. Uh, Ivan Baranchik, having lost a fight like this, his stock does not take a hit. His stock, if anything, is growing and grew because of the performance. Now, the reason this fight has been has has gotten so much notoriety is because of the knockdowns. There was eight knockdowns or seven knockdowns. The eighth being the finisher, but both fighters hit the canvas. Both fighters had to find their their heart, their determination, their want, uh, and and they they had to answer that question. Both fighters had to face the fact of is this enough? Should I just stay down? And they both got up and continued fighting. They were both hurt throughout the fight on numerous occasions, and they were hurt at times where they didn't go down. But they continued fighting. They continued pushing forward. And one of the things that Jose Cepeda, you just see it, how he just overcomes. It's just, he hit a new level in his, in his career with this fight. And so did Ivan Baranchik. Ivan Baranchik was not losing. He was, unless he got taken out, he was not going to stop. And he got taken out. Nasty, nasty way to, nasty knockout at the end. Uh, Nonetheless, he was not stopping. And that was the, that's the reason why people are hailing this as the fight of the year. And if it wins it, absolutely deserving, right? But we saw a lot of good fights this year. Another one that people were talking about was the Pavetkin Dillian White fight in which you saw Pavetkin putting good combinations to the body. Uh, this fight happened in August, of course. Uh, you saw Pavetkin putting good combinations, uh, to the body and, and having success. Um, with uh with his over overhand right now both of these fights both of these fights finished in the fifth round the dillian white pavekin finished slightly different but it finished with a knockout victory as well dillian white started finding success with his left hand and whether it was by way of jab or by way of hook or body shot Dillian White was sticking to his spacing his defense was coming to play and just continued controlling spacing and trying to trying to measure he was he was having more of a measured attack uh the entire night against Pavekin Pavekin was a little more of the aggressor throughout the fight as we hit that fourth the fourth round you see Dillian White start controlling the pace of the fight start controlling the spacing 
and compromise the pocket for Pavetkin, where he ends up landing a tough left hook as Pavetkin attacks the body. Dillian White connects a left hook right on the ear and drops Pavetkin. Pavekin is shaken. He comes back to his senses. He gets back on his feet, continues fighting. And uh, as the fight reaches inside the minute, uh, the final minute of that round, uh, you see Dillian White drop uh, towards the end of the round, drop Pavekin with a hard uh, left uppercut and strong left uppercut. And again, success by way of the left, left-sided attack on Dillian White. Drops Pavekin. Pavekin's on shaky legs. He makes it on, he makes it up to his feet. The round ends. They each go to their corners. And you think this fight is going to be pretty much over. Dillian White taking over this fight. They answer the bell on the fifth. They circle around to where Dillian White's back goes against the ropes. And Pavekin lands and returns the left uppercut to Dillian White, lands it cleanly, and drops Dillian White. And stops the fight. He basically put out the lights with that uppercut. He returned the favor, ended the fight, and it came to a surprise of everybody, including Pavetkin. He hit him hard, but he didn't know that that was a finisher punch, that that was going to be it. Dillian White got caught off guard. The corners were caught off guard. The commentators, everybody, and us as the fans, we were like, holy, Pavetkin was just on his way out. Just a few seconds ago, here they go. They answer within a minute, right? And they answer the bell and he goes and finishes the show. And it goes to show you time and time again how one punch can change the momentum or the entire fight in the heavyweight division. And there's your proof. If you didn't get to watch that fight, go check it out. Especially all these fights that I mentioned, if you have the ESPN Plus app, if you have the zone, uh, if you have, what's the other one? Um... UFC Fight Pass, right? If you have all these apps, then you're, you made it. You could check out all these fights. If not, listen, YouTube's always uh, the best option. And if you don't find somebody who posted the full fight on there, I'm sure you're, you're, you're bound to find a good link, uh, in which you could watch all these fights. And last but not least in boxing to me, the one that I feel like got overlooked was the rematch between El Principe Carlos Cuadras and El Gallo Estrada. Uh, to me, that fight was, should have been the fight of the year or should be the fight of the year. That their first match was an all out war. This is a throwback to the Marco Antonio Barrera and Eric Morales type fights, the Marquez against Rocky Juarez. Uh, this is a throwback to old school, technical, striking, technical defense, great footwork, speed, and accuracy. The, the style of boxing was definitely levels above the other candidates, in my opinion. Now, Gallo Estrada ends up getting dropped early in the fight. Carlos Cuadras goes down through the fight, uh, during the fight, he goes down twice. And then the fight ends up getting stopped in the 11th. We're in the final stretch of the fight. The referee steps in, stops the fight and, and keeps Cuadras from taking any, any additional damage. Gallo Estrada, the man to beat, uh, right now. Uh, and now it, it looks like. They're, they're going to be headed to that final rematch, the rematch that he's been calling for for years and years and years against Chocolatito. Uh, it, it looks like it's going to happen. It looks like it's bound to happen uh, in the first quarter of 2021. So we'll keep an eye out for that one. But that to me was 
the finer skills were were displayed and the finer the finer boxing was displayed in that fight. A lot of people have ignored it. If you didn't get to see it, check it out. Even if it's in Spanish language and you find a link in the Spanish language, just mute it and just enjoy the ride. It was an awesome, awesome display of boxing. Um, I leave you guys with that. Bellator had something good and that was a super fight for sure. Uh, UFC, those are two of my favorite fights that I saw this year. A lot of people saying Davis and Figueredo, Brandon Moreno should be the, the, the fight of the year, rightfully so and deservingly so. But people forgot about that Dustin Poirier, Dan Hooker. And you also had uh, Justin Gagey and Tony Ferguson as well. That was an awesome fight as well. But towards the end, it started being more of a more of a Tony Ferguson not going away, coming coming at Justin Gagey as a zombie and, and Justin Gagey just tearing him up. Uh, it, it became more of a one-sided affair down the stretch of the fight until the final stoppage came. Um, in boxing, listen, you can't go wrong. Cepeda and Baranchik, more than deserving, uh, not knocking on their boxing whatsoever because these guys are at their peak of their careers right now. I just felt like Estrada and, and Cuadras were the little bit, they, they had better technique. It was a different type match. It was a different type matchup and, and, uh, and, and they engaged in more of a boxing technical fight. And, and the, uh, more of a throwback to that classic style that, that I enjoyed, uh, in the early 2000s and the 90s and the early 2000s. Uh, nonetheless, Baranchik and Cepeda was all out action, as was Pavekin and Dillian White for a heavyweight fight, right? So, um, they're bound to have their rematch as well, Dillian White and Pavekin in the first quarter of 21. And, uh, and we'll see what's, what, what else boxing brings to us and, and the fight game, uh, as a whole. With that, if you have a few hours tonight, sit back, watch these fights, watch as many of them, or watch the ones that you didn't get to watch, or if you saw all of them, just recap them, go watch some highlights, uh, sit back, have a drink, enjoy these last few hours as we say goodbye to 2020, and we welcome 2021. I leave you all with that. Thank you guys again uh, for tuning in to the Tomatolito Show, and I'll see you on the other side. Take care.